0: Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. In the previous program, I made reference to this indoctrination, this propaganda that is seen everywhere now, that is promoting the mixing of the races. Not friendships. Not being in working conditions with one another. Not being neighbors. Not being neighborly. Again, not being friends. But instead, promotion of mixing of the races, of sexual relations and reproduction between the races in order to muddy the races. Why would there be such a promotion? I mean, why would people be spending the amounts of money that are being spent to promote this? How is this viewed as some societal good? Well, this is only one element or one tentacle of a massive effort by a consortium of world planners. This propaganda is intended to cause the younger members of society to embrace this as normative, coupling by members of different races and widely different races. to view that as being normative and positive. Not only normal, (laughs) but positive. But to what end is this propaganda, this indoctrination, because that's exactly what it is? This is a cause celeb that is being promoted by major corporations who are employing all of the major advertising firms and who are putting these advertisements out there via all means of media. Television, television miniseries, television movies, the internet, streaming services, feature movies, blockbuster movies, it's not just advertisements, it's ingrained in the programs, in the programming. And not just in (laughs) the types of entertainment that Hollywood is famous for. But all the way to the likes of Hallmark Channel, Crown Media Family Networks, this promotion this continuous continual drumbeat promotion of mixing the races of specifically of black with white usually black males white females fair white females it's a very deliberate premeditated effort but what is the purpose Really? Well, behind this promotion of mixed race couples and families is the one world regime agenda of the world planners. This persistent indoctrination with the fiction that there is this huge percentage of mixed race couples and families. It reinforces that one world theme no nations, no national borders, no national currencies, no national races. The sexual mixing of races, of mixed race couples, it's being so heavily, persistently, pervasively promoted. And the target is the Western world at large. But in particular, the United States of America. Why the United States of America in particular, you might ask. Well, of these nations that at one point in time were known as Christendom, of those nations throughout the world, the United States of America is the most heavily Christianized, for lack of another word, of those nations. Now, if you were to take proportion, per capita proportion in a nation, you would find heavier proportion in South Korea, for instance. But, of the nations formerly the Western nations, formerly known as Christendom here and there, the United States of America stands out. What else is it about the United States of America? Well, just this, that all of the free nations have remained free to the extent that they have, courtesy of the United States of America. World War I came to the conclusion it came to, and I'm not saying it was a good conclusion, but it came to the conclusion, the end that it came to, because of the involvement, the intervention, by the United States of America. World War II came to its end, belatedly, but came to its end because of the involvement of the United States of America. These world planners, these social engineers, this cadre of conspirators, they not only hate and despise the United States of America because of what it's able to do, But much more than that because of what it was, what it was intended to be, what it is supposed to be, what it has no longer been for now decade upon decade, every passing year sees greater degradation of the United States of America, greater degeneration of the United States of America. But that hasn't been by happenstance. That hasn't been by accident. That has been by deliberate plan and contrivance by those who desire the destruction of the United States of America so that they may take over the entire world. So that there will be no free world still existing. with the internationalization of the United States of America and or just the demise of the United States of America, the accomplishment of this great objective of establishing a one-world government regime that can tyrannize the entire world and eliminate Christianity and Jewry from the earth, that can abolish Christianity and Jewry from the earth, that is the ultimate aim. That is the ultimate goal. The battles have been raging now for decades upon decades with the likes of Planned Parenthood being the tip of the spear in promoting this monstrous, evil murder, otherwise known as induced abortion, which is so beloved and so championed by the likes of Hillary Rodham Clinton, Elizabeth Warren, and so on and so forth. The sodomite agenda the corrupting, corrosive, perverting of sexuality has been going on here in the United States of America for decade upon decade and has been making great progress towards the ultimate destruction of this nation and which has been so beloved, so championed by the likes of former President Barack Hussein Obama. And, of course, his sidekick, Joe Biden. But this nation, the United States of America, it has been so undercut So subverted. There's been such enormous success in corrupting it and perverting it thus far. One can only wonder how much longer there is. But, still in all, despite all of that extreme success, by these who are hell-bent on the destruction, the demise of this nation, and thereby, subsequently, the free world, the Western world, formerly Christendom, they still focus on trigger mechanisms, enabling them, allowing them to bring about this one-world regime. They need, they believe, a spectacular event. It's funny, in romantic comedies... They typically will speak of, and many times they will speak of, the need to make a grand gesture. Well, this coalition, this vast coalition, which really only numbers a comparatively small number of people, but extremely influential people, extremely rich people around the world, Predominantly in places like the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland, Germany, United States of America, Italy, and so forth. These movers and shakers who are behind the scenes, yes, they use the services of presidents and vice presidents, of senators and congressmen and women, and what have you. Yes, they employ the services of these. And some of them are merely dupes, but a great many are very willing minions. And many... Have merely sold their souls to Satan. But these triggering events that they promote heavily, crises that will require international intervention, that will require a vast coalition of nations in order to solve these implacable, impossible dilemmas. Well, one of those is pandemic. Another is terrorism. Concerted terrorism. Islamist terrorism. But there are others. They will employ (laughs) natural disasters. Volcanic eruptions, earthquakes, and what have you. Tsunamis, of course. And fires, wildfires. As reasons for need of multiple, multiple nations to be involved. Of course, war has been the big kuhana now for many, 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 many decades that brings these nations together. Well, the World Health Organization, of course, declared the coronavirus a global emergency. But they did so belatedly. That's right, they declared it a Global emergency. But that was after having decided against declaring it. An international public health emergency. Fascinatingly enough. But no, it had to get bad enough before they could declare that. Which then enables them to go ahead and take various different actions, but they had to wait. Why? Well, because they operate by committee. (laughs) It's governing by committee. But now it requires a coordinated international response. So are we to believe they didn't have the foresight to see that it would reach that stage, (laughs) I am not a scientist, okay? I am not a world administrator. But amazingly enough, nor do I have the advantages of artificial intelligence machinery. But I knew that this was where it was going, but strangely enough, they did not. Well, now Delta Airlines, American Airlines, United Airlines, they have all suspended all flights between Communist China and the United States of America. As of January 31st, there were 10,000 or so reported cases. With a couple hundred plus deaths. And of those cases, there were a growing number outside of communist China. It had spread to 18 other countries. Well, the first, supposedly, to recognize this epidemic. Pandemic was the blue dot algorithm, which views data from airline ticketing as well as news reports and was able to predict where this was going in terms of magnitude in terms of magnitude of progression, spread, and numbers of people that would be involved. So here we have one triggering mechanism that is in place, okay? This pandemic, this coronavirus. But I tend to believe that there's going to be Instead, a critical mass of triggering events combined that will enable this, that will put the world planners over the top with instituting worldwide regime. And those other things can include, again, so-called natural disasters, which can... Curiously enough, be triggered by men with things like, oh, nuclear <laughs> detonation and so forth. But a month ago, there were a number of earthquakes at Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. And now, all this time later, there still are nearly 5,000 people sleeping in shelters emergency shelters, and outdoors because they are terrified to return to their homes. That's just a drop in the bucket. Less than 5,000 people. But it's indicative of what you can expect with these kinds of things, these kinds of events, a month since these earthquakes began. And people terrified to return to their homes or to return to other places. Meanwhile, very recently, there was a 7.7 magnitude earthquake off the coast, about 80 miles north, I believe, of Jamaica. And... There is a ring of volcanoes in the Caribbean, or Caribbean if you prefer, even as there is this ring of fire that extends from New Zealand up to Russia, over to Alaska, and down to the bottom of South America, down to the tip of Chile and Argentina. But... Exciting things, no doubt. Super volcanoes, earthquakes, tsunamis. It's long overdue, according to the experts, long overdue for massive eruptions along the west coast of Canada and the United States of America. But I assure you, When that takes place, it's not just going to be one eruption, it's going to be multiple eruptions and triggering one another. And again, extending from New Zealand up to Russia, over to the United States of America, down through Canada, the United States of America, Mexico, Central America, and all the way to the southernmost tip of South America Latin America causing massive devastation but it's not just this area alone there's a super volcano in Italy these things are coming not just according to no it just seems to me like that's going to be the case not just because Experts give a very, 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 very watered-down version of what is coming. But even because these things are referenced in the Bible, earthquakes around the world. But again, there is war. And... This strike that was made on January 3rd by the United States of America against General Qasem Soleimani of Iran and the number one (laughs) terrorist there in Iraq. Well, I mean, it depends on how you number them, but vicious... Monstrous, murderous, Islamist terrorists—they were in the same caravan leaving Baghdad International Airport. At, but goes by another name, but that will pass for the moment. They were taken out in order to prevent terrible terrorist attacks being waged against, being launched against United States embassies and military facilities. Well, what has been the offshoot of that? What has followed that? None other than missile attacks of United States military facilities. And after initial reports of no injuries, then reports of the last number I saw was 50 traumatic brain injuries, but or what are classified as that. So what's going on in Iraq following this attack? Well, Iraq's Islamist regime, that's right. After all that has gone on there, of course, they have an Islamist regime, as indeed they do in Afghan. And Iraq's parliament voted to oust all foreign troops especially the United States contingent, numbering 5,200, 5,200. And the coalition's anti-IS operations came to a grinding halt. So what is Iraq in the process of trying to do at the moment? They are attempting to get NATO to take the place. There is a very small Canadian-led NATO mission, about 500 members, and they are training Iraqi troops. All in a good cause, no doubt. But anyway, they are trying to draw NATO into a much more prominent role, taking the place of the vacated United States of America, taking the place vacated by the United States of America, which has been dismissed from being there. Not that all the troops have left, but that's the point. Before I go further, let me just say, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's lacking, erring, deficient, that is due to me, that is on me. Last month, Vladimir Putin, President of the Russian Federation, he announced sweeping changes to the Constitution of Russia. And immediately following that, the Prime Minister and the government resigned, not in protest, or mock, they may have done so in mock protest, but they did so at his direction. And he submitted formally these constitutional changes, and he dismissed the Prosecutor General of Russia. So what is all of this about, anyway? (laughs) It's just more of the same. That's all. It's just more of the same. It's just Vladimir Putin's activities that he is engaged in to enable him to... Operate as President for life, of course, Xi Jinping uh, did it much more simply in Communist China. But it is to that end that he can rule and reign for life. That's the the upshot of it. That is the ultimate end of this. This is where this is going. But Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping, these leaders, these presidents for life, these dictators for life of these powerful superpowers, these powerful nuclear powered regimes. When I say powerful nuclear powered regimes, yes, that sounds like an oxymoron on the surface. But then there are the less than powerful nuclear-powered regimes, such as Germany and France, so on and so forth. Or North Korea, but, or Iran. (laughs) But these are the 800-pound guerrillas. These are giant superpowers. Now, some would say, no, it's, you know, the United States of America. But thanks to, courtesy of, the likes of Barack Hussein Obama, who made this an extremely important part of his agenda, was the stripping of nuclear arsenal from the United States of America. Stripping of nuclear weapons from the United States of America. And he had enormous success. And he built upon the success of of predecessors. But he had enormous success in greatly diminishing the nuclear power of the United States of America. Such that the United States of America is now behind, some some would question this and argue with this, behind Russia. Not to mention its partner in crime, Communist China. But I cannot imagine Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping entering into a one world regime. It's just that is contrary to what they're about. You know, they might divvy up the pie between themselves. They may be willing to do that. And I believe that they would be very, very willing to do that. Just divide the spoils. Divide the plunder between themselves. But. To enter into a one world government regime in which they are not the boss. That. That I cannot see. I cannot imagine that. And as such, I do not see them as being part of this. (laughs) And in fact, from what I have seen and read and what have you, they have not been involved. Going back to the USSR, the communist regime there, they were hell-bent on taking over the world. Communist China, the Communist Chinese regime was hell-bent on enslaving China, mainland China, and then taking everything else that was adjacent to them, bordering them. Yes, China, Formosa, Taiwan, but everything else, up to the border of the USSR. They did not have ambitions of going to war with the Soviet Union. These communist regimes, they operate in consortium fashion when it serves their purposes. And Communist China, along with the Soviet Union, was responsible for the creation, the existence of the North Korean Communist regime and for the Vietnamese Communist regime, among others. But this one world regime I'm referring to is something else something different. And at the root, it is, you might say, a Western conspiracy, a Western invention, a Western coalition. Even though these who comprise it are totally, Against the West, I know it. Just that you know that doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, it just that doesn't compute. It's one thing to imagine and it's not imagining, or fantasizing. It is the truth. It's one thing to recognize that the Islamist regimes are hell bent on the destruction of the West. It's another to recognize that the communist regimes are hellbent on the destruction of the West. It's another to recognize that the likes of Vladimir Putin and his gang regime would also love to see the demise and destruction of the West. But it's another to think in terms of very high and mighty, illustrious types in the West who are hell-bent on the destruction of the West. This is one thing people here in the United States of America, a great many, have a great deal of difficulty grasping. And so the idea that any presidents that have served in that capacity, any presidents of the United States of America have been determined to bring about the end of the United States of America. As, that's just, it's almost incomprehensible. But Nonetheless, it's true. And it's also true that any number of, the majority of, those who seek the position of president Desire the same thing. The destruction of this nation. Again, how can that be? You know, that does not compute. If you've watched any television or TV movies or movies that are of various genres like crime dramas, murder mysteries, suspense, even action-adventure. There's always this matter of there's a, a motive, and it's a very narrowly defined motive, usually. And it's either revenge or it's lust or it's greed or whatever it is that motivates these people to do these monstrous, evil things that they do. But you would think that these that are in the West, that are Westerners, that just, they're not Johnny-come-latelys. It's not like they just came from Turkey. They just got off the boat from Turkey or Somalia or Sudan or Iraq or Iran or wherever, and lo and behold, or Egypt, or Libya, or the list goes on, Syria, and they seek the destruction of the United States of America. No, 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 no. These are blue-blood families in the West, extremely rich, famous and who have been in the Western nations for generations. And yet their desire is to destroy the West. It is so counterintuitive. It, just, it doesn't go along with, it doesn't correlate with these motives for committing murder and so on and so forth that are promoted in these various entertainments whether they be movies, feature films, TV movies, TV dramas, or what have you. The idea that people seek to destroy the place that is responsible for them being as rich as they are, as powerful as they are, for living as luxurious a life as they've lived. (laughs) It just, it defies reason. But the evil hate the good and seek to destroy them. And what these people have in common, in addition to their riches, in addition to their position, which has been greatly, greatly enhanced and enabled, by their secret societies, their secret organizations. What they have in common is just this visceral hatred, this unquenchable hatred for Christianity and Jewry. And when I say Jewry, I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean what Jewry has come to be. But, absolute hatred of these things, but ultimately this unquenchable hatred of God and his Christ. And so, this extends to the United States of America and the Western nations, which have common heritage, you could say, This commonality that is responsible for these nations having risen to the level of former greatness that they did and which they have fallen so badly from. But these generations, because there are multiple generations within these families. They are bent on the destruction of the West. They are not satisfied to live these extremely privileged lives. That's not enough for them. It's not enough to enjoy such great bounty and abundance of blessings. That's not enough. They are absolutely dead set on bringing about the destruction of this nation and all of the West that relies upon this nation for their existence. Were it not for the United States of America, going back to the Cold War years, were it not for the United States of America, the Soviet Union would have taken over every nation other than communist China. it may have left, you know, a communist regime here or there that didn't have to come under its umbrella, didn't have to become a satellite of it, possibly. I imagine, you know, that that would be possible, that they could have allowed, permitted the Vietnamese regime and North Korean regime, which would have, of course, been the Korean regime, to still gravitate around Communist China. But everything else would have been part of the expanded, enhanced Soviet Union, were it not for the United States of America. I am certain... They're all manner of experts who, of course, would opine that that is ridiculous, and, of course, so on and so forth. Especially those within the Council on Foreign Relations and so forth. But, and so many extremely illustrious professors, academia is so heavily involved in these things, but were it not for the United States of America, the USSR, would have been global. And communist China would have been modest in size comparatively. But the United States of America managed to keep the Soviet Union at bay despite those members of the world planners, (laughs) who were promoting detente and such other wonderful things as that, it managed to keep the Soviet Union at bay. In the place of the Soviet Union, of course, the Soviet Union fell. In the place of the Soviet Union, we have democratic Russia and all of these other nations, many of which have some form of democracy. But all you have to look at is Russia. You don't have to bother with the others. Just look at Russia, this so-called democratic nation. A great nation in so many respects, members of whom, of Russia, members of whom have blessed Russia and the world with astoundingly beautiful music and great timeless literature and spectacular. Architecture and art, and what have, of course. Also famous, rightly so, for whether you want to call them the arts or you want to call them entertainment or whatever, ballet, Bolshoi ballet, and of course, outstanding outstanding success, but more than success, outstanding performance in Olympics after Olympics after Olympics after Olympics. And you can chalk that up to the communist regime and the communist machine and everything else, but it still comes down to people. Yes, they, back in the day, back when there wasn't the professional Influence that there is today, back when Olympic athletes had to perform as amateurs, the Soviet Union supported its athletes. They didn't get rich. (laughs) They didn't become rich, but they were able to afford to pursue their dreams. Now, for many of them, those were not their dreams, But instead were foisted upon them by the communist machine who recognized the, you might say DNA, the characteristics, the skills, the inherent skills, talents, abilities that were resident in these little children. And trained them up to be great champions. But democratic Russia is a myth. How long did democratic Russia exist? <laughs> well, under the very colorful presidency of Boris Yeltsin, that was about it, right? Vladimir Putin came in, was brought in to help him safely exit and not be prosecuted and what have you, was brought in three months before officially taking over. And he has ruled and reigned Russia since with a regime. That assassinates at will, that has assassinated scores of investigative journalists, that has within Russia, and has assassinated insiders who were not complicit with him, insiders who were critical of him, and who fled Russia and were murdered abroad, assassinated abroad. But Vladimir Putin is a strongman, thug, leader of a regime. He has this in common with Xi Jinping in China. Xi Jinping is officially president for life. Vladimir Putin is de facto president for life. What he is involved with here in terms of changing the Constitution and so forth, this is just chess maneuvering, really. But regardless what mechanism he chose to use, he was going to remain to the bitter end. He will be there to the end. The equivalent of this, though, of his constitutional changes that he is mandating would be constitutional revision here in the United States of America. Constitutional amendment here in the United States of America. And there have been those who have attempted that in the past and have not succeeded. But whose goals have nonetheless been significantly advanced. Just like that old Equal Rights Amendment. Hmm. It stands out among these things. The Equal Rights Amendment that Jimmy Carter used hook and crook to try to force through, to amend the Constitution, the wonderful Equal Rights Amendment. Well, contrary to what we hear from the likes of Elizabeth Warren, the fact of the matter is that we are much further downhill, much further to the left now than even the Equal Rights Amendment would have mandated and justified. Even though it was stopped, what it was seeking to accomplish has been accomplished and then some by leaps and bounds. But there is a presidential election that is less than a year away What kind of a choice are we going to have? You can choose from column A or column B. Right. Choose a president who is a corrupt man. Okay. (laughs) In my view, he has always been a corrupt man, and that isn't going to change, and so on and so forth. But still, despite that, his administration... Has actually done some good things. Has made some significant improvements that would not have happened had Hillary Rodham Clinton become president. And that will be rolled back if any of the Democrats are elected. And then you have those loyal opposition, Democrat candidates. Remains to be seen what shall be. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.